Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle of control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. Anyone to slap the bag. So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before then. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom! We are uh, actually live now. Uh, (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Uh, Welcome to Blockchain and Booze, everyone. Uh, I'm Alon Gorin. Um, if, if you didn't know, I'm one of the founders of Draper Gorin Home. Uh, and with me today is John Farjo from Lunar Crush, one of my wingmen. Uh, uh, and uh, this is streaming live on Lunar Crush and Blockchain Radio. And today we've got Mike Shinoda with us. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We, we are so stoked. So first, a uh, shout out to the uh, Boring Stone community and everyone who's, uh, who bought those NFTs today. We're super stoked. Uh, uh, Mike's ape, uh, Bored Shinoda, is gracing the cover of some of those. Uh, that's Reaper's, Reaper NFT's epic uh, full body ape art. So Reaper, um, did, Reaper did such an amazing job, man. Like, I felt bad like throwing a couple of curveballs at him because you had said, you know, he can put things in the ape's hands and like, is there anything you want him to be like to have around him? And I just, I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me that he would have like accessories and that was super fun. We put an MPC 60 in his hands and a couple of cans of spray paint at his feet. It looked great. It's so cool. There's one of the versions of the cover cause there's like various um, like uh, backgrounds um, that can show. And one of them is I, I uh, live near a hiking trail called um, Wildwood. Um, and uh, at Wildwood, um, I own the land on Superworld, which is another fun NFT uh, thing where you could buy actual real world land, sort of. Uh, in, uh, uh, so I bought that land on Superworld. So I used some of the pictures from Wildwood in the background. And there's one of them where it literally looks like uh, Bored Shinoda is on one of the trails with the spray cans at his feet. And it just looks like it looks like it was posed, like meant to be there. And that's the beauty of these generative goofy drops. Um, it's it's really fun. Um, so so but Mike, you you you're sort of, you know, 
I, I was so stoked to see that you had gotten an ape, then you got a tethered, and I started seeing you do some drops on Tezos. And so I know, cheers, John. I didn't grab even a drink uh, in this blockchain booze. Um, John's doing I, I, I mean, it's like five o'clock here. I don't usually get started on a weekday at five o'clock. I know. So what's funny I is I'm, I remembered like just as I was coming down to do this, I was like, oh, I have to get like a vet. I've like got a, I've got a, a drink. Like I'm good to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because I don't really drink that often or that much, but you know, but we set up blockchain and booze. Okay, here's something that I didn't mention to everyone watching too. This is blockchain booze number 80. 80 straight weeks since we started this uh, because of wow. the pandemic and wanting to have a hang session with our friends. And uh, that's it's pretty wild. Um, but but yeah, so going going back to the NFTs, um, actually, John is one of the people that originally got me into paying attention to, to Tezos. I know mm -hmm. the Lunar Crush crew is a fan, but I'd love to hear uh, what what got you there and, and why you started sort of minting on Tezos and playing around there. Um, it's funny. I, I think they're like the first person who really, um, pulled me in the, I, many of the fans know that I, I stream on Twitch, uh, three days a week. I do like two hour sessions where I make something from scratch. So I'll make a new track, usually wow. instrumental track from scratch. Um, and then occasionally art, um, digital art. And then, um, actually sometimes in VR and then, um, uh, once in a while I play games and one of the um one of the fans in the chat who goes by screen name is mumu the stan uh her name is Mo her name is moon and she's an artist and she would always draw these images of things that i had done on the stream or things that i might i post on my instagram and uh it was usually in like an 8-bit style and um she started animating them and she's just very good like she's a great artist and i was like why aren't you like minting these like you should and she was like oh i don't know if i can like it was just that hurdle that many of us feel of like getting just starting just jumping in and i was like yeah if you if you mint one of your images um whatever the first one is i'll buy it so just let's we'll start there and she did and i did and then she went into it and like quit her job and became of like a full-time yeah. wow. and then she, by, by like the next thing i knew she was educating me on tezos on hen on um staking coins on Tezos, like it was you know there's we we had this nice um i actually at the time when this all kind of started to happen i didn't have a discord server for uh, set up for the fans and so kind of because of this i set one up and the most i'd say the like probably one of the more active channels on there is the nft channel on my discord and we get in there and and share you know share our things we're excited about, share knowledge about how to stay safe and how to, how to jump in for the first time. Um, as you guys know, it's like there's the community around this stuff is really where it's at. Like I, I can't think of the last time that I jumped into a community where even if people don't, you know, um, whether people are super experts or know nothing, there's just this sense of like, we're all so early, we're all learning and trying to um keep each other you know in touch and and safe and um get excited about i mean yeah there's like you know we could get into the other side of it too but my that's been my experience so far has been relatively pretty positive um 
Oh, I should shout out real quick though. I should shout out Kevin Rose on the other side of like the whole spectrum. Yeah. Kevin is uh, an old friend and I, I, um, I did, I, I did hear about Tezos from him as well. I know he's been posting it. He's been uh, talking about it on his, his podcast as well, which I listen to pretty regularly. That's, that's awesome. Hey, something I forgot to throw out there. If you're watching this on one of the streams and you want to ask questions or chat with the rest of the community, and then at 6 p.m. or so, when we wrap this up, you can turn on your camera and hang out with people in the community. Go to meet.blockchainbooze.io and hang with us. Um, you know, John and I both uh, uh, around the same age, uh, maybe about your age too, uh, have, have uh, been listening to, uh, to Linkin Park and you uh, in various ways for, for many years. Actually, I was telling... Um, I was in a space earlier and people were asking me about, you know, uh, the, this, you know, my, my NFT having his own persona. And I had to tell him, I was like, I, I was that punk rocker growing up. I was a 14, 15, 16 year old who had to hate every band that had any kind of mainstream um, uh, attention. And I remember, I, I think I posted about this and I was telling people earlier, I got to see Linkin Park the first year that you guys played at Acoustic Christmas. Oh, um, I, I, uh -huh. A friend of mine somehow got us backstage passes or something because their dad worked at a company and my favorite band was Bad Religion and they were playing with you guys that year. And so I had to hate on every band that wasn't Bad Religion until I actually saw you guys live and it was like mind blowing. So, you know, kudos, you. like my young punk rock self was going to school the next day telling everyone that they have to be into Linkin Park. So it was like a, a, a big experience for me. I remember seeing like Weezer and No Doubt, but the one band that stuck out in my head was Linkin Park. So I had to throw that story out. I appreciate that. We played a lot of shows for bands, uh, you know, opening up for bands and playing, you know, sometimes before, sometimes after bands that have those kinds of um you know yeah. followings the most notable being metallica like that we did a whole summer with metallica at one point and going into it like when they offered it to us we were like a hundred percent like couldn't that's like one of the one of the, it was a bucket list like one of the most exciting bands to play with um that we could imagine and as soon as it became more of a reality we we it, it dawned on us that the fan base of Metallica really is <laughs> they're tough on every other band. Like whoever <laughs> opens up for Metallica, they're they're really rough on those bands. And so we had to we had to really bring it um, with those shows. And and I think one of the greatest compliments um, that we got was from Kirk Hammett. We saw the, they like invited us to to a. A, they had like gotten this little private room at some bar at one of the tour stops and like invited us to come like have some drinks and play pool and uh kirk was sitting there smoking a cigar chilling <laughs> just, wow. just the just the like the dawn he was just the godfather just sitting there and was so complimentary of of the the tour and was really happy about how everything was playing out and um I could, I mean, I, and something about that, like it was the way he was talking about it. You could tell he didn't, it, this wasn't this his thing that he did with every band. Yeah. Um, and it was really sweet. We were, you know, but we had to work hard. We had to work hard. We definitely had shows where the Metallica fans are like, F you guys. 
it probably on. it probably depends on the stop too because i remember being a diehard fan of of bad religion for example i'd see them at a place like ventura theater which is close to where i live and the opening bands would get no love whatsoever and then the next day i'd go and see them at the next stop which would be like I remember one time, I think it was like the university in San Luis Obispo or something. And the opening bands were just getting just as much love as they were. And it really depended on the stop too. But I just remember being that like 16 year old where it's like, no, fuck that shit, man. They're not, they're not a punk oh, band yeah. or whatever. And you just had to hate on something because it wasn't the thing you were supposed to be about. And that was the, the part of that, that, that journey. But we, we should, uh, we'll get back into, into the crypto stuff. But, um, you know, I would love to hear from you, you know, and, and also John, jump in. You're being too, uh, too quiet because I talk too much. Um, uh, this is I'd love to hear from you how your, your friends and other people in, in your industry feel about NFTs. Cause I, I would assume it's a mixed bag, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think like you'd catch conversations, you know, in the last few years, um, actually, why don't I rewind a little a little further? Um, so, I I have always loved um, getting into conversations with smart people. Like I I when we have had the opportunity, whether it's somebody who came to the show and it's like we know that they, um, you know founded a company that whose product we use or we just we we um i i got a chance because of the the some of the more experimental releases that we've um that we had done with lincoln park like for example we had one at one point we released a single where it scraped your your facebook information and all of a sudden you were watching a music video with your stuff in it and it really freaked people out. Like there was, it was maybe the mm -hmm. same company did this um, this project called Take This Lollipop, I think it was called, and it was which was a horror themed one where all of a sudden, like your personal information was like, you know, the killer had your personal information. Very scary. We used that idea and we put you in the video, and people were like, "This is so." It's the most eerie feeling to watch a music video with Lincoln Park, and like my my kids' pictures are in the video. Um, so that kind of led to like getting into a little bit of angel investment. And, um, I, I met a bunch of smart people and then it in like, as just like the snowball rolled, it was like the, um, the band started investing in things. We opened up a, a, a very modest VC, um, arm of our, our organization. Um, nothing huge, like, you know, it wasn't crazy, but, we the one of the things we got out of it that we loved is to meet founders and folks who are in uh tech and the 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 one of the maybe negatives of that experience was hearing about every single music related tech startup and it was so annoying like they would it would just assume that because they had a tech startup it's like oh we got to pitch to lincoln park and they'd come and they'd get, like we we wouldn't most people wouldn't even like we wouldn't even take the meetings and then at a certain point so we were taking meetings with people that like i how many times are you going to tell me you're going to reinvent spotify like i can't i can't do it and so i would generally tell people like look if it's music related tech like i'm not interested don't don't pitch me any music related tech and we were getting these, the, the one, the couple of the ones that got through that we did, we, we heard pitches on 
um, that we never invested in had to do with digital collectibles. And this was years ago. Like they were like, yeah, you know, we're going to do these, like they're, they're verified. It's this thing called the blockchain and you can, you know, it's like selling like a, like a, a, a print of art or something that, you know, is one of one, like each of these things, like we can limit it to as many, you know, if you want to just be one thing or you want to be, and we were like, uh, uh, who great. That's amazing. And at some point that's going to be useful, but right now, like who cares? And so fast forward a few years and I started here. It was, it was around the time for like, for most of us, you hear about this, the people um, sale and you go, Holy shit. Like it's happened. People care. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a specific group of people who have a whole bunch of money, but the fact, the fact that it's, it was happening trickled down to these conversations with other musicians. I remember I hit up um, RAC who uh, we had done a couple of projects together and whatever. I'm like, dude, I know you're in this, like, get me, get me up to date. Like explain what's happening. He told me about Blau. He told me about um, some of the things that, that his other friends were doing in that space. And um, so many, I mean, now, you know, like, you know, all this is like Snoop Dogg's in it. Like, it's like, now it's just the whole, um, yeah. it's more the conversation yeah. is about like, who, who actually cares and is like in, investing the time into like being in the community and learning and, and advancing it versus somebody who's just, and it's fine, but who's somebody who's just like writing a check and then their team handles it. And that's that. It's just, it yeah. might as well be a money manager. I, I think the involvement is is obviously super critical. And this space has seen it like over and over again, where we were seeing it in 2017, where somebody's going to launch a coin or whatever. And it failed miserably unless the person was actively involved, unless it's somebody like you who is spending the two hours with their community, showing them how you're actually doing it and actually mm. participating. Um, you know, we ha we've had Blau on this in the past um, and and he he killed it. Right. We had Fawocious on here the day of the first like eighteen thousand dollar NFT sale. He's still oh. in his parents house, basically like going nuts. And we were all like, holy shit, somebody sold an eighteen thousand dollar NFT. It was mind blowing. And then literally like go to today. And, and that was less than a year ago, maybe a year ago now. Um, it's, it's really crazy. John, um, data. Uh, I know that we have so much data on all this. The last time I looked, um, our last LA blockchain summit conference, uh, in person two years ago had, I think it was 33 X less people discussing crypto on the internet back then. Yeah. I mean, th this year, I mean, in general, we're looking at like a 10 X increase overall. I mean, just roughly speaking without having the numbers in front of me, but I mean, every day, it's it's sort of like here we are again um you know the market's starting to rise starting to accelerate um and you've got things like you know all this interest in DeFi, you got all this interest in nfts um you've got the nft interest being distributed across many different blockchains you've got tezos going crazy you've got solana going crazy you've got polygon going crazy and on and on right there's everyone's trying to get into the nft game which is actually another interesting story if you think about that where um, a lot of the most high quality ones are on Ethereum. And so, but, but when you start to go, get past just the, the value of an NFT, and then you move past that and you get into the utility of an NFT, it starts to get really interesting when you start to think of some of the other chains where, 
you might have different types of things built into the NFT, like exclusive access, as an example, a level-based access, um, different kinds of things, even, even DeFi and yield baked into your NFT that you're holding um, or spinning off another NFT based on the one that you're holding. Um, you could look at things like Bored Apes and you'd see, you know, there's the Kennel Club, there's the Mutant Apes. Um, and there's, you know, on top of all of it, there's these brands being formed, which is probably the most interesting piece of this. Like, you know, I, Bored Ape Yacht Club reminds me of like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something like, but way back in the day, like it, how many splinters off of this could there really be? Probably a lot. Um, so it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I think, you know. I hope that pun is intended. Yeah, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and but uh, but yeah, pretty pretty exciting, man. I don't know. There's a lot a lot of good stuff going on. We're really excited about it. We're we're devoting a lot of time into the NFT space, and you're going to see some pretty cool stuff coming out in the next uh, few weeks.